In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Our meditation today is about death. And meditating about death is definitely important because we live in a culture that points to this world. It seems that the only thing that exists is this world, the money you make at the end of the month, the bills you have to pay, and then you repeat other month, other month, other month, and there is nothing else, and enjoy and have fun and put together some wealth and, you know, that's it. But we know that the reality is that one day we are going to die. In Roman Empire, there was this topic of uh, memento mori. If you go and read the meditations by Marcus Aurelius Emperor, there is this reflection about death. So even these pagans were used to reflecting a little bit about death because it's a reality of our human life. And that reflection is important. And, you know, it was present in the culture. That's why I'm saying we need to meditate on death in our culture because it's not in our culture. Our culture is not focused on what is going to happen after and in the future. In Roman Empire, for instance, when emperors uh, ran these parades after conquering kingdoms and after expanding the the empire in the south, in the north of Africa, and etc., the emperors and generals would go back to Rome and they would run on a parade and they would be on a, you know, a cart and, you know, everybody would, would be there clapping and, you know, bowing and before the emperor and before this general who did these great things for the empire in these places and everything was a big party and they were considered like gods, Right. And, but there was always one servant right behind the emperor or behind the general who got these victories in war, repeating to the person memento mori. Keep in mind that you are going to die. That's the translation of memento mori. Keep in mind that you are going to die. So death definitely sets a limit that we need to meditate on. So if one day I'm going to die, so what am I going to do with the time I have left, right? So you live your life taking into account the important things that are going to happen, right? And death is one of them. I will die one day when the Lord wants, and, well, I have to be ready for that moment to, so that... I, be, I will be able to have collected a lot of good things in my life, you know. 
So what, what's the kind of person I want to be? These are the things that lead us to, uh, to meditate on this death. There is a lot of fear about death, right? For people without faith or without a strong faith, death is the end. I heard somewhere that they interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger and they asked him about death. So on death, then when you die, what happens? And he said, well, you just go under the ground and you rot. That's it. Well, we know that it's not like that because we have an immortal soul. Our death is not going to be like that. Death is the separation between the soul and the body. And our soul is going to be judged by the God we love, not just the judge, the God we love, the God who is our Father. That God that's got a name, that is Jesus, because Jesus is the Son of God. And that Jesus that we have befriended, you know, in our prayer, that's going to be the, the, the context of that particular judgment. And God will know that we have tried hard to love him a lot. And then our soul will be sent to the final destination. You know, heaven. There is heaven. There is hell. There is purgatory. There is just purification. Temporary purification. And we ask our Lord. Lord, I'm going to die one day. I want to be ready to be judged by you with love. And, you know, and I hope, Lord, to make it to heaven. To be with you forever and ever. So that my afterlife is going to be like what I have been doing all my life here. If I have tried here to love you, Lord, most probably after judgment, after that particular judgment, I will keep praising you forever in heaven. That's what I want. And in order to get there again, I need to live my life knowing, hey, one day, excuse me, one day I'm going to die. So that's why we look at death and we, we meditate on death without fear. There is no fear. Because God is our Father. There are people who think of death and they get terrified. In contemporary, I mean, modern philosophy, Jean-Paul Sartre says these things, right? Human beings are beings just oriented to death. So you, you live your life a lot of intensity, but you know that death is coming, and after death there is nothing, so you live in anguish. You know? And Sartre and these philosophers speak of the existential nausea, because you know that you exist and things are happening, but you are, you know, somehow sadly oriented to that black end that is dead, right? And that makes you feel bad, because if there is nothing, come on, I want to live forever, right? So... For us Christians in the Catholic Church, we look at death as the moment in which we are going to be with God forever. We will be united to him totally. No? Death is important to meditate on death. You probably remember the interviews with Larry King, right? He used to bring up always this question, right? With these famous people and celebrities. and Okay, question, what happens after death? And he was not apparently a man of faith, but every single human being is interested because what's going to happen? Yeah? Death sets a limit 
that I need to meditate on because that changes the game. Right? We cannot be playing the wrong game, right? In this life, we gotta play the right game. Right? And meditation about death helps. Mm. I read in this book the, this about these kids who knew about other kid in town that died. He was run over by a train, it's fiction. And they wanted to be the first, this group of friends, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, they wanted to be the first ones finding the corpse because they got on the news that the police couldn't find the corpse. And it was for them the first experience of death, right? And uh, the guys managed to walk down the tracks, the train tracks, to the place where they thought that the corpse was, and it's, a, it's an interesting novel. And, and then, finally, they found the corpse. And this is the reaction of the protagonist of the book. You know? And there it was, the corpse of that kid. That kid was dead. The kid wasn't sick. The kid wasn't sleeping. The kid wasn't going to get up in the morning anymore or get the runs from eating too many apples or cats poison ivy or wear out the eraser on the end of his Ticonderoga number two pencil during a hard math test. The kid was dead, stone dead. The kid was never going to go out bottling with his friends in the spring, gunny sack over his shoulder to pick up the returnables, the retreating snow uncovered. The kid wasn't going to wake up at 2 o'clock a.m. on the morning of November 1st this year, run to the bathroom and vomit up a big glut of cheap Halloween candy. The kid wasn't going to pull a single girl's braid in homeroom. The kid wasn't going to give a bloody nose or get one. The kid was, cannot, don't, will not, never, shouldn't, wouldn't, couldn't. It was over. He was the side of the battery where the terminal says neg, the fuse you have to put a penny in, the waste basket by the teacher's desk, which always smells of wood, shavings from the sharpener and dead orange peels from lunch, the haunted house outside of town where the windows are crashed out, the not trespassing signs wiped away across the fields, the attic full of bats, the cellar, the cellar full of rats, the kid was dead. Mr. Madame, young sir, little miss, he was dead. I could go on all day and never get it right about the distance between his bare feet on the ground and his dirty cats hanging in the bushes. It was 30 plus inches that seemed to be a Google of light years. The kid was disconnected from his cats beyond all hope of reconciliation. He was dead. That's the impression of this kid, you know, seeing a corpse first time in his life. And we will die. One day we will be that corpse. As the song goes, life is a highway. It's full of twists and turns. You can slip, you can slide, you can run, but you cannot hide. Nobody gets out alive. Oh yeah, nobody gets out alive.
Lord, thank you for all the time you have given to me and give me grace to live wisely. Because one day I will have to give an account to you. What happens at the end of life? The Lord will call us. And we will be asked, hey, what did you do with your talents? What did you do with all the good things I gave you? Where are the people that you brought to me in your personal apostolate? <coughs> our meditation about death is always optimistic. It's always our memento mori in Christian culture is an uplifting memento mori. Because there is resurrection. For people who don't believe, death is depressing, right? For us, is kind of okay, because there is resurrection. That's the theme, an important theme of the book of Psalms. <coughs> where we see the story of this just man who dies, but comes back to life. As we read the book of Psalms, quote, the enemy, the enemy pursues me, he crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. But let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. This just man that is beaten to death, down to the ground, this just man who knows the narrowness of the pit, this just man knows that God is going to raise him up in the early morning of the third day. And that just man has been always trying to please God. That's the program for a life. To live our lives praising God, loving Him, helping others around us to be closer to Christ, to be closer to God, so that when we die, there is plenty of fruit in our lives. Because there is lots of love for God, for others for our communities. And then we will enjoy the resurrection, right? We will die. It is written in the Bible from the book of Genesis. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Every year in Lent, there is this option when we get imposed the, the ashes on Ash Wednesday, there is this line that the priest can repeat, you know. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. The fact that I know that I'm going to die helps me to live my life better. And we know that the way we live, the way we die. There's always this question that kids bring up in religion class. Oh, Father, if, well, if God is going to forgive you always in confession, you just do whatever you want in this life, and the day before you, when you are sick and you are about to die, then you go to confession and that's it, and you go to heaven. 
well, it doesn't work like that. Because you will die the way you live. You know, when we separate ourselves from the Lord, what happens is we end up thinking that we don't need God. We don't need God. We don't need God. You just live your life without God, you know. And that separates you from God. And then at a certain point, you are not interested in going to confession. Etc. Because the way you live, the way you die. So it's important to, to prepare that moment every day. If I want to be close to God, very close to God, the day of my death, I have to be very close to God today. If I try my best to be very close to you, Lord, today, I will be very close, most probably, to you the day of my death. Right? It is a, always a bad policy to put off the important things we have to do in life. Reconciliation with God, reconciliation with relatives, reconciliation, you know. The important things have to be done today. If you do those things today, I will believe that you will be okay tomorrow. We consider this death with this peace, this peace that the Book of Wisdom invites us to enjoy. Quote, the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. They seemed, in the view of the foolish, to be dead, and their passing away was thought an affliction, and their going forth from us utter destruction, but they are in peace. We know that we are in the hands of God, and when we die, we are in the hands of God, because we have lived a life in the hands of God, then we will be in the hands of God in the afterlife, right? Death is not the end. It's just a moment. It's the passing through moment to be with God forever. We prepare that moment when we go to confession often. Going to confession often is a good idea for many reasons. One of them is it helps us to prepare the moment of death. Keep in mind that... <clears throat> There will be purification of our sins <clears throat> in the purgatory if we need it before entering into heaven, right? So it's a good idea to purify our sins, to bring up our sins in confession. Of course, mortal sins, but also venial sins. Those small things. That laziness, that lack of charity, that you know, small things that sometimes are there. It's good to tell the Lord in confession, I'm sorry for this, even these venial sins. Because then we are getting, we are purifying ourselves. We are getting ready to jump over purgatory to make it straight to heaven, right? So that confession is a good way of preparing this encounter with God. Death is our encounter with God, face to face, finally. We will see God face to face in that particular judgment right after death. So, thank you, Lord, for the sacraments. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrament of penance, sacrament of communion. Thank you, Lord, for the time you have given to me. Thank you, Lord, for my talents. And our meditation about death also brings up the following question. Well, what am I doing to help those around me? 
to be close to God. What are the apostolic projects I'm working on to make this world a better place and to create things in this world that help people to draw closer to the Lord? Yeah, because time is one of our talents. The fact that we have time. It is not a good idea to waste our time in things that are not important. How much time do I spend watching TV shows? How much time do I spend as watching movies or TV? Or, and how much time do I spend in good apostolic projects to help those around me? to help my community? That's an important question because time we have been given is a talent. So what's my calling? All of us, because all of us have a lot of talents given by the Lord, all of us want to do something good in this world. And Pope Francis invites us to leave a mark in this world. So what's your mark in this world? What's my mark in this world? So Lord, I want to leave a mark in this world. And in that context, always Pope Francis has invited young people to just, listen, get out of the, your house and do something out there for, for the world, you know. We cannot be just on the couch. Pope Francis always says these things, you know, from the couch to the streets, to do something, to be street preachers. So what's my thing? What are my talents and what am I doing? with those talents? What kind of person do I want to re be remembered by? What kind of person do I want to be? When people think of me. So let's start being that person right now, right here. Okay? As the psalm goes, when a man dies, his life is revealed. Call no man happy before his death, for by how he ends, a man is known. So let's be the person we want to be. Start working on that now. And at the end, we will be remembered by being that kind of person. The fact that our time is limited means that time for our mission is limited. The Lord was always focused on his mission. The life of the Lord, that is the perfect human life, is kind of short. 33 years, right? But the Lord did exactly what he had to do. And his last words were consumatum est. You know, it is accomplished. The Lord had his mission very clear in his mind. And he spent his life doing that. That's a way of living a fulfilling life. And remember, child Jesus, when he was 12, he ran away from home just to go to the temple to start carrying out his mission because he knew. Right? The mission. We have a mission in this world. You have a mission in this world. I have a mission in this world. And we have been given talents and time to carry it out. Am I carrying out my mission, Lord? Because one day I'm going to die and I have to be ready. How beautiful it is to read the parable of the talents, right? Master, you delivered me five talents. 
Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. That's so beautiful. You were given talents, you traded with them, and you brought forth more stuff. Congratulations, this is a good servant. That's what we want to be like, to be good servants of the Lord. The Lord expects a lot of good things from our lives. Let us work on that every day. Let's work on that every day. Let us wake up early in the morning saying, hey, I have one day more to get this right, to do what the Lord wants me to do. And with your grace, Lord, I'm going to do it. That's beautiful. Unlike the other guy, right? Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Heard you have what is yours. That's, that's not good, right? So you read that, you don't like it. So Lord, give me your grace to carry out my mission. Give me your grace to live according to my vocation. Give me perseverance to the end in my vocation. All of us have a vocation. Well, a life that is a good life is a life with perseverance to the end in your vocation. The most important thing, if you look at your life and you consider that you're going to die one day, well, the most important thing is, well, at the end of the day, were you faithful to your vocation or not? If you were, you will have, you, you know, you will have an amazing eternity with God. And you will have had an amazing life in this world. So let us meditate on the important things in our lives. And let us offer up to the Lord the signs of our limits, of our, uh, the fact that we suffer, the fact that there is sickness and disease and pain and sorrow. All of that is an introduction of our death. All of that, all that suffering, somehow is consequence of the original sin. So let us offer up to God all of that as purification for our sins. Saint Joseph is the patron saint of those who are about to die. And you think about it, the most perfect death was his. He died after having accomplished the mission of being the father, the legal father of Jesus, the spouse of Mary. St. Jesus is an example of the just man and the holy man. That's the kind of person we want to be. We ask St. Joseph for the grace you know, to die like him after having accomplished our mission of you know, loving Jesus, taking care of and the people we have to take care of. There is that beautiful prayer that we can say now at the end of our prayer. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, assist me in my last agony. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, may I breathe forth my soul in peace with you. 
And of course, there is that petition that we bring up every day many times, right? In the Hail Mary to our mother, right? Holy Mary, Mother of God. We say now that to our mother as we end this time of prayer. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners at the hour of our death. Amen. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.